Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. What a week. What a week. I have the weirdest sunburn on my neck now. I have a sunglasses tan because I was able to work the Elizabeth Warren rally. I did not vote for Elizabeth Warren. I don't think there's anything really wrong with Elizabeth Warren. She's a former teacher, and this is not a political podcast, but I was not working the the rally because I was volunteering. I was paid to be there to help light the rally because it was at night and on national television, national coverage. So uh, I was hired by a good, good friend, Kevin Ritchie. Kevin Ritchie is the reason that I got into lighting because he sat me down at a leprechaun light board in Welch Middle School, my seventh grade year, and said, learn how to do lighting. And here I am. So if you're in the Austin area, uh, call up Olden Lighting and they'll help you out with your rentals. They'll they'll even help you out if you're not in the Austin area, considering I was working for them this week, and uh, they're not paying me. I'm just saying, you know, Kevin's a, a good dude. Uh, he and his wife, uh, stage spot, olden lighting, all that good stuff. So why don't you guys uh, head on over there and get your lighting fix from that company, from olden lighting. Uh, and or from stage spot if you're looking to purchase some things and they are quick the customer service is very good it's mostly online but you can call them and they'll answer quickly and get what you need so as things wrap up maybe you're getting those final uil touches on your show or uil touches those final lighting touches on your uil show so go ahead and uh head over to stage spot or olden lighting again not getting paid just you know i like good people uh speaking of good people my show is under 37 minutes. That has nothing to do with good people, but I like those kind of odd transitions. Uh, this week, uh, speaking of good people, this week I've got Bobby Ramirez, and Bobby and I are very close friends, if not best friends, so our banter is a little um, personal, if you will. Sometimes uh, inside jokes are made, so I apologize for the almost hour-long interview if you get bored, you know, that's what that one and a half or two times is uh, because we were sitting in a bar uh, on his birthday. Happy birthday, Bobby. Sitting in a bar on his birthday, just bantering. And I was hoping to start recording before we had any adult beverages, uh, but we waited until two, three, four, five, six, seven adult beverages. Uh, we did not make fools of ourselves. You will notice there are two cuts in this. They are not about anything negative. We didn't say anything negative, but um, it just, uh, you know, didn't need to be in the podcast, let's say that. So, two little topics. You can you can slide into my DMs if you want to know what they were about. Anyway, uh, speaking of DMs, follow me at Mr. Blake Miner on the Twitter. You can also check out my website. I'm starting to push that, starting to hustle myself, BlakeMiner.com. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you uh, want to hire me. Uh, because I'm starting to get out there more. I was uh, called up for a dance show as well that I was not able to do, and thank you to Nina Saunders and the other MFA lighting uh, candidate at University of Houston for stepping in and doing that, and it looked beautiful from what Nina posted. Speaking of MFA, 
A program at the University of Houston. Some of you might have seen on Facebook that I am going back to school, back to school, back to school, to prove to my dad that I'm not a fool. That's a movie quote. Anyway, I'm going back to school next year, fall of 2020, to continue my education and to continue my education at the University of Houston, because that's where I got my bachelor's degree. So I will be doing the MFA program, Lighting Design, for the next three years. So if you need anybody to work for you, yeah, call me, because I have kids, and they've got to eat. And their appetite is uh, rather small, and rather, uh, it's not super duper picky, but they don't need steak. And filet mignon, they're good with grilled cheese and uh, some french fries. Anyway, hope everybody's doing well. After the groaner joke of the week, you will hear Mr. Bobby Ramirez. What do you call a a baby volcano's mama? A magma. I'm not even sure what this is going to sound like, man. What do you mean? Well, we got new kids on the block playing <laughs> With above. With bingo. And well, what is it? Ballistic bingo? Ballistic bingo in the background. Uh, all right. So since you've never listened to one of the podcasts. <laughs> That's not only, true. Yeah. Since the only one you've listened to is Stuart Savage. <laughs> it's because I'm in love with Stuart Savage. Who isn't? Um, I want you to tell me your background in theater education. Okay, so I, I thought you were... Uh, do you, or do you want me to say it to see how good of a friend I am? Uh, sure, I'll tell you when you're wrong. How about that? Okay. So you grew up in Brownsville. Uh, <laughs> okay. right. this, this podcast is over. So you grew up in Galveston or Texas City? Are you? Oh, um, I've only been to Texas City like three times in my life. You've driven no, that's not it. true. Uh, Galveston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, island proper. Yeah, BOI. Born on the island. Is that really what they say? They. That is what they say. BOI. Boy. Yeah. And you know, I could give a shout out to. Uh, I doubt he listens to this show, but Bill Nealon, who's the no, director. He yeah. No. You don't know him, so no, he doesn't I, listen. I, to I, I, it's Julio, Jared Berry. <laughs> Hey, Matt you three. Yes. Okay, four. Yeah. Okay. Remember, Matt gives me my... Remember the international demo? Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, he also kind of low-key looks like modern-day Shakespeare. You don't that's, know Matt. That's but, impressive. Yeah, he looks like modern-day Shakespeare. I do Shakespeare. know Shakespeare, fortunately. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's pretty good. I wish we could do his shows more often. Um, there are only a handful, though, that I understand. Uh, so, grew up in Galveston. Went to Galveston Ball. Um, under the tutelage of Vernon, Scott Vernon. Yeah, and I, I think most people that are in Texas theater know Scott. As as sort of biker Santa Claus, <laughs> right? See? Yeah. Right? So you, you uh, how do you know him? Like, can I ask you questions on this thing? Uh, he's been a judge of mine. Well, he's been Has a judge he really? of ours. He's been yeah, a judge of ours. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. right, yeah. Because uh, you were, that was the day that I realized you sweat profusely. Um, uh, wait, you gotta explain that because I don't know what you're talking about. You were nervous. You were like, I'm doing a show for my director. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't get the result that I wanted, but you know, whatever. No. <laughs> no. Hey, that, that just shows you that, that Vernon is, uh, uh, he's gonna tell you if your show is 
bullshit, you know? Sure. Uh, not that mine was. I'm not saying that. I'm just no, it was. Saying it. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Blake. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think he's... I don't even uh, remember what show it was. Uh, I remember. I, well, I remember... Uh, was that the up one or not up? No, but it was uh, Amadeus. Oh, okay. Which I, I had the... Uh, the pleasure of going at what was that by district it was by district i don't remember but yeah it had to be by district we because we, you got there I'm, too i'm not used to remembering those lower level uh, okay all right all right <laughs> um you i don't know what show y'all did that year i don't remember. but i remember we advanced with uh you and maybe. mr schaefer i'm not uh and the cbs orchestra yeah um I but don't, we yeah, did I don't. we did Amadeus, so I had the I had the pleasure of getting to by district, and uh, going up against another version of Amadeus, which <laughs> yes, uh, right. was that's amazing because right. that was uh, <laughs> that was Mr. Tim Unruh. Yeah, and which is his amazing show. It's crazy because it was the same exact show. <laughs> like there were. Well, I, I saw the bootleg, so I yeah. just copied his Your, your load-in time was 30 seconds because you <laughs> you politely asked not to move the set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we are, yes. Thank you. Um, that, yeah, I remember that now uh, as though it was years ago. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you, you uh, Galveston Ball, Scott Vernon, then you went to uh, Texas University. Uh, also known as the University of Texas at yes. Austin, yes, sir. Uh, whoop, right? Isn't that what you do? No, that's A and M. Uh, and you got a film degree. I did. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, didn't use it. <laughs> I. I <laughs> it's, it's funny because um, <clears throat> I did use it a little bit. Okay. But not in the way that you would think. How? Uh, well, it, it's uh, it, it's amazing to have a film degree and to be able to pick up women with it. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, hey, I, I did. I did. <laughs> I did uh, a, a little bit of um, right right at the end before I actually received said degree. Uh, I started to get into a little bit of industrial video. I think there's a new name for it now. It's like, you know, training videos, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. And uh, very, very, very little time spent in that. And I just sort of looked at it and thought, this isn't for me. And I I think a lot of it had to do with um, that that element of storytelling just wasn't there for me. (laughs) And and it just didn't interest me. And uh, I... You know, I, I also made the decision not to starve right. and and try to break into the sort of narrative film industry. So. Okay. Yeah. And, what, and, and how long were you doing that? Did did I do that? Yeah. Or yeah. It, it was, I mean, you're talking about a couple of months. Oh, okay. It, it wasn't. So there's no like Chevron gas station out there with a video of you no. telling us how to no, pump no, our no, gas? No, it wasn't even yeah. uh, the company that I sort of did some stuff with they weren't that big right um honestly i I think there was uh i didn't work on this one but there was like a um a promo video they did for a local strip club (laughs) yeah and uh you weren't directing that one you were in it though (laughs) yeah i was the star so uh, apparently that's what they showed all the guys that uh you know sort of worked with them sure to sort of rope them in, I, I don't know. But is it, that what they called it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, 
welcome to Diamond Club, gentlemen. Yeah. Here's how to not treat women. Um, <laughs> and to tell you is a guy named Bobby Ramirez. Yeah. No, I had nothing to do with that one. Um, Let me repeat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, and then I when guess. did you when did you start teaching? What year? Do you remember? Uh, oh, man. I can just say that we're in 2020 now, right? So this is my uh, eighth year of teaching. Really? Yeah. It's only your eighth year? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, so you've, uh, okay, that makes, so you started teaching a year before I got into Fort Bend? I did, yeah. Okay. I, I, met, I was there with your wife. Whoa. I'll just leave it at that. Whoa. Um, we got along very well. <laughs> no, you know, it's a funny thing if I can even talk about that. I felt like Julio knows the story. <laughs> so I got into that district, and it. I, I remember meeting Jennifer at the the meetings that we had. We had them once sure. a month, and uh, I just sort of instantly thought, I don't think she likes me. Like I, I don't know why, but yeah, I know she still does it. And uh, so the other the other people in the district at the time, I, I kind of got along with, but I, I sort of felt like I was kind of at arm's length, you know, sure. arms, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then you showed up like the next year. With cookies. With extremely salty cookies. <laughs> I will never that's, forget. That's, that's, not a, that's not a metaphor for something. <laughs> oh, it is, but we won't go into that. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, but I, I remember I remember it was a PD day yeah. that I met you, and uh, I don't know I fell in love instantly. Yeah. Um, wow, it was instant. It's the only time that love it's that love at first sight has ever been a part of my life. Yeah, because my wife and I were not love at first sight. Right. I've never told that story. Because you make crappy oh. cookies. That <laughs> might be why. She. Yeah. It was an acquired taste. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, what were you doing before you were teaching if you were only doing narrative yeah. videos for a short amount of time? No, that, that makes sense. Um, I, I actually got a job working at UT Austin because uh, I was living there and didn't want to move. And uh, I started doing computer support there at UT Austin. And I did it for way too long. And... Um, the the entire time I had I kept telling myself you got to get certified in theater because that's what I wanted to do um, and were you doing theater while you were there I, I actually wasn't man because and, and people have asked me that before and I, I sort of explain it as if well it did life happened yeah. I got married and I had a, uh, my first 16 kid. children yeah 16. Um, let that sink into your uterus, <laughs> ladies. Uh, now I have three children. Thank you, Blake. Yes, I know. Um, so I, I always explain it as life happens. Somebody got bingo. Anyway, continue. Yeah. What? I didn't even Somebody hear Somebody got bingo. Oh, okay, good yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, life happened. So I, it, I needed, you know, I, I. it took me a while to be able to even have the opportunity to go back to school. Sure. Which I ended up doing uh, through UT, and 
was able to get a post baccalaureate certification through right. them through that. So, so, it was so you student taught too, huh? You student taught. Yeah, every everything basically it was um, the theater studies program there at UT, but the uh, last two years of it of, of that program. Um, so I was there with those students that were in their last two years, right. basically. Uh, why did you go back to UT, not somewhere else? Uh, mainly because I lived in Austin. Um, you love Austin. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was great, and uh, but I mean that's a different story. There there are many great cities in Texas that I would consider Name living them. in. Um, no, I'm <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, this is becoming a, a geography lesson. San Antonio is a great area, you know? Yeah. Uh, no offense to any Dallas listeners that you have. Oh, but plenty of offense. Yeah, not not really my cup of tea, you know? Um, I, I actually got mad the other day. I saw Judas Priest is doing their 50th anniversary. In Dallas. I, that's my only opportunity to go see them on a weekend is in Dallas. Well, it's like uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine, too. Is not They're not coming down to Houston. See, they're doing... I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why we're, like, tainted all of a sudden. So, oh, here we go. I have a question. This is a personal question. Not a personal question, but you just did... I'm uh, an open book. You, no, I know. No, no, no. It's, well, it's theater-related. You just did uh, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. right? For the yeah. second time. For the second time. Right, and... and Four, five years, five years, four, four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. Besides personal complications, what was different, good, different, bad about the show? The second time, like, um, what'd you change that you were like, I've, the next time I do this, I'm gonna do it like this. It, it was a, <clears throat> there was a conscious choice by me and my lovely co-director, who you may know. Um, I'm sitting right here. <laughs> um, to sort of uh, make the scale a little larger, sure. a little more grand, if you will. Do you, but did that have anything to do with the stage at Kempner? Um, Before, not, not like, was really. the scale lower because of that? No, not really. Smaller, it, it was. It was. Uh, I, I think we looked at it as if. At, at Kempner, it was it was a matter of uh, this is what we need to tell the story. Sure. So uh, here we were just trying. So I saw to... that production. I didn't. I, I have not seen a lot of shows in my district. Yeah. Self-admittingly, yeah. but I saw that one. I, I don't remember you being there. Yeah, I came. I'm not so sure. I took a lot of notes. I was there. I can I tell you what the set looked notes. like. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you you need to redo this and redo that. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I asked the question is because I have my answer. <laughs> Uh, so it, it, it was just a matter of uh, if, if I was going to do it again, what what could I sort of, uh, you know, what, what kind of a different take could we do? Sure. And there, there's not a lot we could do with Did the you, script because, you know, obviously. obviously. Was there stuff that you wish you could have done the second time that you did the first time? Yeah. I mean, but a, a lot of that has to do with how... The events leading up to it unfolded sure. to up to yeah. opening night, and uh, you know I'm not. I said I was an open book, but I, I don't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to get into that. that. But uh, if you're not a fan of Night of the Living Dead, yeah, what makes that show appealing? Well, that was just it. Is uh, I, I the the original 
time I did it, it was a matter of picking it because... Well, you had kids that liked that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but at the same time, not a lot of them had actually seen it. Sure. Um, but the, the main reason for picking that, that show or that kind of show was the, the attempt was to try to get people in the seats that normally wouldn't go to sure. a theatrical production. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say that it really worked at Kempner. Uh, it didn't quite work as well as I thought it would at Lamar. To get new, to get new faces, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it, you know, a lot of that has to do. We we all deal with that uh, with every show. It's hit or miss. Yeah, yeah sure. So it, it's like um, reading, reading, being able to read your culture is important. Right. But sometimes you're looking right at it and you really can't make that. You know, decision. Speaking as somebody that's experiencing burnout, uh, and are I can, you? Is that what it is? That's part of it. Okay. I mean, that's part of it. Did, did I just like give you a clue that I was burned out? Because no, 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 okay. no, no, okay. no, no, no. Right. I'm right. saying no. That that sentence was not. I'm what I'm about to say yeah. is in relation to what you just said. The burnout part is not okay. Uh, but as someone that ex, as experiencing burnout, I I have learned that doing shows that you want to do in a high school setting or public school setting uh, is vital to longevity. So if you're doing a show like Night of the Living Dead, which interests you, which I, I don't know much about Lamar Consolidate, but I know at Kempner there was a large contingency of students that bought into sure. what you were selling. Yeah. Um, so they would have followed you, no matter what show you'd pick, they would have fallen in love with it and yeah. done it, right? Um, but you chose that show kind of to keep you interested sure. as well. Yeah. But there are lots of directors that are angry at life and are 30 years in and continue to do shows that they don't want to do yeah. because it just puts butts in seats and it does it sells out yeah. and they can say out loud and you used to give me shit about this when I when have, I have when, never when, when when we would do shows in our black box and yeah. we would tweet it's another sellout <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like sure anybody could sell 20 seats no you, you, you have it you built yourself a, a house of what 100 it was 100 right yeah under? yeah we could fit 110 but we put 100 seats in yeah hey dude that's to me, that's impressive. Yeah, but... Like, but I, and, I, and I'm not... Here's the thing. And I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm a really good friend and you're going to say, I'm not, we're not friends. Uh, I'm not saying this just because you're a really good friend of mine, but I've told you that. That yeah. I, I think that your marketing skills are... Uh, have been second to none. And, and you've gotten kids in to see these shows. Except for this podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we'll ignore that part. Um, but in your your actual day job. Yeah. 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 When I'm um, getting paid for something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember, I I went and saw uh, when you did the Scottish play. Yeah. We can say it here, right? We're at a bar. Can't you? No. Oh. Shakespeare was an alcoholic. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Um, he loved Hopadillo. <laughs> So I, I think uh, I remember going to see that at, in your black box and thinking, this guy has pulled it off. It's like he, he got 
and, and, and that was just one of several sold out shows that you did. But it's like he got people, he got young people, he got all kinds of people to come in and see Shakespeare. And I was impressed. I was absolutely I mean, impressed. Uh, yeah, I would be if I don't think Melanie listens to this, but Melanie had a lot to do with that too. I mean, um, yeah, but uh, uh, but we yeah we did we did a pretty good job on social media. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go talk about that on her podcast. <laughs> Melanie wisdom. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, yeah good. What when you come back around? I'm, when, you'll be, yeah. Yeah, but when you like, like do you know do a couple laps? And then, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not drinking uh, on a school night. Um, oh, by the way, we're not drinking, or we are drinking, but we're using our real names um, yeah, because that's, that's because true. we're not saying anything negative about our administration or our students. No, no. Um, and teachers getting a drink right now. And speaking honestly with their real names. Anyway, well, that, that's that, actually yeah. I, I shouldn't have I shouldn't I, have turned that knife, should I? I, I don't want to. No, no, no. I, I don't want to go. Speaking into of that, marketing, but, though, uh, he's very good. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, you want me to keep like singing your I didn't, praises? No, 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 no. I meant whatever you were going to say. No, I, I don't even know where I was going now because I, uh, she rudely interrupted yes. us. No, she's uh, doing her job, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, I, I don't even know where I was going with that. It, it had to do with the culture and all you that. You were kind of telling stuff, me so. how amazing I am <laughs> and how unfortunate it is that I'm leaving the classroom. Well, you know, um, it, it's like I remember the very first conversation we had. Uh, you told me that you had been on tour. <laughs> Basically, anybody every that I can tell that to. Every I conversation I've had with you, that's thrown in at some point. Uh, so. The tour with who? Those, those were, oh, uh, yeah, straight, no chase. Okay, very good, very yeah, good. sorry. They have their own vodka now. Which, um, which I, I, Jennifer told me, it was very awkward for her to tell me, but uh, <laughs> when uh, Ava was born, yeah. that was literally the first thing you said to her was, Daddy's been on tour with Straight No Chaser. <laughs> so, but As I'm, I'm looking hey. at the placenta on the floor. <laughs> As you cut the umbilical cord. Now, sweetheart, I'm only going to cut this if you've promised to fall in love with acapella music. Uh, no, but I, I've always, I've always, uh, I, I've always given you crap about that, for sure. It used to be. Uh, well, anyway, this isn't about me. It's this is about you. Sure. If I want to talk about me, I can, I can just edit all this out. And, you know. <laughs> Which you probably will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> so, what is? If you could, if you could combine the world, okay, no, no, no. Let's go back to this. Your, your, not your. I live in Texas. You're practically running now, the film element of the Texas Thespian competition, right, or the IE or whatever, whatever. Sure. Yeah. So. I mean, part part of it, like you know, because Kendra Willoughby is over yeah. the, the actual tabs. I, I have a legitimate question. Yeah. How, how do you see you and kind of your team? Because you have a couple people you've kind of brought sure, on that, that yeah. help. How do you and grow? You still how, judge? Do you, how do you how do you grow that? Wow, that's a that's a really good question, and it, it's grown. I mean, I remember when I first like reached out to you. Yeah. And uh, it was not a lot. 
No. I mean, it was it was a good amount, but it wasn't no, a lot. Like yeah. the the first year that I did it with Charles Hobby. Yeah. Uh, has he been on this show? Because he should. No, be. I haven't had Charles Hobby. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> Chuck, I'll call you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he's an amazing guy. He and, is. And yeah, yeah, I know you would agree. Anyway, um, what that first year that I did it, I swear, if I remember correctly, we had 17 films out of the yeah, whole state. Yeah, it was teens. Yeah. I remember that. And, I, I, and I think when I brought you on the next year, yeah. uh, it had jumped up to like 22. Yeah. And now we're up to like almost 70. Yeah. And um, I, I think the growth comes from... The, the entries themselves, the kids themselves. Well, do you think it has to do with also the accessibility to the ease of filming? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I think some of these are still, you know, shot on a, an iPhone yeah. or whatever the case may be. Sure. Uh, and, and that's definitely changed the game. Like you said, accessibility is something that wasn't really there back yeah. when we first started helping out with it. So, um, but I, I think that, and, and some of this may be in my opinion, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I, I feel a lot of the times in, in the state and probably outside of the state, we don't, we don't really concentrate as much as we should on screen acting right. uh, or even vo- voiceover work uh, in animation and um, not as much as we should. And so I've tried to do that in my classroom as much as possible. Um, So I I continually hope that as this contest continues to grow, uh, more directors will get on board with that. And it doesn't doesn't take experience in voiceover work and it doesn't take experience with screen work, it, it's it's not that big of a jump from what we were trained to do. What's the what's the? I mean, you, you're talking about voiceover and screen work, so th- that might be the answer to this next question. But what's the easiest thing that a, a student can fix in their films that'll make it just that much better? That'll elevate it. Um, I have I have an opinion, but I want to. I, I, I think I know what your opinion is, and it may be similar, but uh, sound is yes. is a big issue. Okay. And yeah, we, we you and I yeah, have yeah. talked about that. Yeah. And a, a lot of times they don't tend to think of really easy fixes during the production stage, yeah. like uh, if you're filming in your living room, yeah. turn off the AC when you're doing a take. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it, and and I don't mean to interrupt you, no, but you're, because you're, we agree, but. Um, to me, it's it's as it's as simple as if you think about your own live show. Mm-hmm. If you have feedback or a mic drops, or if there's any sort of sound issue, you're immediately taken out of the world. Yeah, and it's the same for a film. Right. Um, the AC thing is a big one. As we sit here and record in a bar <laughs> with, with bingo. bingo going on yeah. behind us and video yeah. games and uh, but. Um, but yeah, sound is sound is always the biggest gripe, right. and I, and it kills me because 
you can have a kid tell a great story and the, and, and the sound of the narration is really good and then when they cut to that that shot in the in the courtyard and you hear all the traffic and all the just crap going on around them that is not part of the story right. and it just just takes you out of it yeah um, yeah i mean we we're faced with how that. do you fix it how do Go. you fix it yeah <laughs> i mean workshops by bobby Okay, so but uh, you know what I've noticed in in my vast knowledge of film, um, what no, I've you, look, you have a really good eye. Well, thanks, buddy. Um, okay, I'll send you the twenty later. But okay. no, what I've noticed, and this is gonna this this sounds stupid, but it's true. I have taken to filming my daughter eat, uh, Eleanor, my youngest, okay. because she loves eating and so like she i'm serious so she gets very like she it's like a whole thing it's a performance when she eats because she just enjoys food so much i can yeah i have video after video edited i don't just do raw cuts but i have like 30 second things of like her eating a meal because it's just so fun to watch well what i've noticed about that that part has nothing to do with it is that when I put uh, I put my camera on a tripod, my phone, and I set it up on the counter and I record her. But I'll sometimes grab the tripod and use that as my study cam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's another thing that uh, is probably useful to students. Yeah. You know, some of those kids like the Adrian Pacini, you know, yeah. which you can, uh-huh. you can talk about him because he's won stuff. But, I just saw him uh, at our clinic yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Good kid. He got it immediately like yes. he's a natural yeah. filmmaker yeah and it's disgusting he's yeah. annoying he also has <laughs> amazing facial hair but anyway <laughs> i don't know about that part but well, he does he's, uh, he's got great facial okay. for a for an 18 year old kid he's it, just it's funny that you you say that because uh a lot of it is just attention to detail yes and it's also kids, patience sure yeah. and and as you know in the in the classroom every day uh, some kids have it and some kids don't. Uh, so it's our job to, to sort of get all of them sort of in a equal playing field. Yes. Uh, which isn't always an easy thing to do, but that's our job. How do you make it equal? Uh, like, what have you done to try to, to have an equitable playing field? You, you sort of you, you look for the strengths of, of each kid. You have okay. to. Uh, not everybody's going to be great at everything. So if, if you're putting some kind of small team together to make a film or do a scene or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, one kid in there is going to be the best writer. One yes. kid is going to be the best uh, cinematographer. So really sort of looking at what they're doing and what they're best at is the way to do it. I'm going to switch the topic a little bit. Okay. Still on film. Okay. What is the greatest film of all time that nobody knows about? I I don't know if I can answer that. What is what is I I, I, can, I can tell you like What is your greatest film of all time that nobody knows about? Well, I, I can't say that nobody knows about it, but there there are several and I, I know you're expecting me to, to like say some kind of you know horror well, you ha- you film have, or something. You've seen like that. a lot more I, I can just tell you, one of, one of my favorite films that um, maybe a lot of people haven't seen, uh, especially now that it's 2020. Well, you uh, paused. Huh? You paused. No, you are older. <laughs> it started especially just now this that morning. it's 2020? <laughs> Question? 
Okay. Uh, this is all, all of a sudden, it's drunk history. Yeah. Uh, what, one of my favorite films of all time is a film uh, that is, it's a Chinese film called Farewell, My Concubine. And I, I try to watch it at least every couple of years. And You're uh, ridiculous. Why? I think we've talked about this before, and I've had him on the podcast. But so you, you so, don't like to read subtitles? No, or something? no, okay. no, no. I'm just worried about the coronavirus. No. Um, but uh, I've had three people on this podcast that are into like arts, art, art film, films of art, films sure. of films that not a lot of people know, obscure films, horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Luis Munoz, obviously, and then Larry, I didn't know that. Well, Luis Munoz is huge in horror films. Like, I, you're kidding? No, like, like, I seriously didn't yeah. know this. Well, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, Julio could have told I, you I that. Didn't. Uh, but uh, uh, Julio is yeah, a president <laughs> of the Minor Wisdom yes, Fan Club. Yes. I see. Um, but uh, yes, uh, Luis Munoz, uh, Doctor Munoz, if you will, is huge. Uh, is a huge fan of horror films. Okay. But then Larry Dogslogger, who was my director back in the day. I don't uh, know him. Yeah, I, I didn't think he did, but he knows every film prior to 1994. And we all picked Farewell, My Concubine for this. Well, he's talked about, to me, Farewell, My... I don't... Louis really? Munoz, yes. Really? So Larry and 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 uh, my friend Blake, not a, not an imaginary friend. I, I met He's him. an actual... Yes, I okay, before, good. Yeah. Wow, how convenient that your friend's name is Blake. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, we, yeah, he has talked about. It's one of his favorite films. It's it's. Have you seen it? If three it, people like are you, telling you, like you said, it has subtitles, and I'm not a reader. I'm a r- look, man. All, all I can wrestler. say, it is some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. In my life. How do you know? Old. It's in subtitles. It's got subtitles. <laughs> They're telling you it's anyway, good acting. Anyway, Blake. Uh, other than that, um, has has anyone ever mentioned Cinema Paradiso? That one, no. I... That, that's an Italian film. Uh, it, it's uh, it's kind of like a love letter to anyone who loves film. So, um, when was it? When when how, that how old? That was uh, early. I don't remember off the top of my head. Early eighties. Okay. 80s. I wasn't alive. Okay. But um, I actually took a uh, an Italian film class at UT. That wasn't. It wasn't part. It was in the a English, whole semester. It was in the English department. Oh, and that's uh, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, and it was. Well, it's because all we did was we we would view the movies together. And we would just, we would write papers on each movie. And I learned a lot, and it wasn't part of the communications. Was that a class? Did you pay somebody for that quote-unquote class? (laughs) Well, yeah, it's called tuition. Did you have to pay that tuition in a dark alley? (laughs) It was a real class, man. (laughs) It's so specific. I guess, I mean, I took took a class in college called uh, Third World CIA. I'm not kidding. Really? I, yes. I, it was it, one of my most mean? favorite classes. 
We, we, we talked about the CIA in different third world countries. Really? And their, their, their influence in different countries. It was amazing. Yeah, I bet. Anyway, so I believe you. Italian it cinema. I don't know shit. if they even have it there anymore. It was, I think it was specific to that English professor. Uh, sure. Penny someone, I can't remember her name. She was amazing. Uh, but I, I she learned. She was French. <laughs> uh, I learned. I sort of look at that class as uh, a time that I can pinpoint as this is when I learned how to write. Right. And and I, it, it, it was it was unreal yeah, yeah. that experience. So I've always I've always had a love for Italian cinema and Italian horror for sure. Right, horror, yes, and Italian food. You've I never, love Italian food. I do too. It's just I don't know what I like more, Italian or Mexican, uh, because I feel like they're both. And and I don't mean the same thing as in like they're the same thing. I mean, Mexican food is how do you prepare this tortilla. Italian food is how do you prepare this pasta? Sure. It's all the same theme, underlying theme. I think the Italians are a little more innovative with how they do their pasta than than Mexican food is with the tortilla. Well, you've got two the, kinds of tortillas. That's pretty much it. No, it's just one. Flour. Don't tell me there's corn. That's BS. I love how you just if came you, up with that when you, you, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't tell hey, me it's you, corn. Yeah, don't tell uh, How... Uh, upset or angry or um, jealous are you that you can't be in a class taught by one of the, if not the best actor in all of American cinematic history, Matthew McConaughey? Uh, yeah, I, I was way before his time there at UT. All right, all right, all right. Um, I mean, he was there in the '90s, so I, I was. Was there. he a student there in the '90s? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. We didn't cross. This back. whole time, I'm not. I graduated in '96, and I think he was there like, uh, I guess, right after. I'm not kidding when I say this. I didn't realize Matthew McConaughey was a student of UT. I thought he was just a fan, and you. I mean, no, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying I'm right. No, I just he, he actually. I just I, always thought he was a fan of. I could be wrong, but he actually graduated. He actually graduated with a degree. Um, whereas, like somebody like the director Robert Rodriguez, he actually didn't finish uh, with a degree. I think they gave him an honorary one later. Uh, it's kind of like Beyonce. She never finished high school. The thing about Matthew McConaughey... That oh, I, I thought you were going to say Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about Matthew McConaughey that I will always remember, not that I knew him, I'm not saying that, is uh, a story that I remember. It must have made national news. It, it certainly was in the Austin air for quite a while. Statesman? Yeah. Well, they, they had... Um, the cops had gotten called to uh, residence, and they showed up apparently there was a lot of noise going on there's like a party or something so they went and told them to calm it down right they got a they got a call later and when the cops showed up there were only two people there in the house turns out that it was matthew mcconaughey's residence from what i remember and uh there was one man they gave his name i want to say they specified he was a latino and there was a man playing bongos naked, and it turned out to be Matthew McConaughey. And I'll, I'll and always remember that. Were they bongos? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
that's they said that. that as just a cover up. It's a euphemism. What a, yeah, yeah, what what he was really playing with. Uh, so you, um, sorry, I'm being distracted by wrestling, uh, watching AEW. Okay, I know. Which, where by the I, way, I fit in all this. No, well, it's, AEW is going to be at the University of Houston on April 29th, the day before my birthday. I'm debating if I'm going to go or not. If I do go, I'll have Jay Thomas, Jared Berry. Um, I didn't know Jared was a wrestling fan. Well, he's not. His his godson is. We talked okay. about this on his interview. I, I listened to a little bit of that one. I just didn't get um, it all the way. But he took his godson to a WWE Love you, Jared. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, they're Anthony Nieves-Sawyer at Westside. Uh, a lot of people are... Um, wrestling fans uh-huh. um so speaking of wrestling yeah you have talked about wrestling about in the past you watched it a little bit sure a little is bit. that all you want to say about it no well, <laughs> i mean i'll take this opportunity to say that there is a uh, there is a uh, an unpublished or unbroadcasted uh <laughs> 30 podcast. minutes yeah, yeah. There's, I, I still think there is life in that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we just need to get on that. So if you're listening to this, Julio, um, <laughs> uh, Bobby and I want to start a podcast where we discuss each other's interests and ask questions because we are uh, the closest of friends, yet don't have a lot of similar tastes. That's not true. We, well, we're both uh, Latino. We, 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 we're very, we're, we tend to like the same women. We're both Jewish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you love my wife, and I love your soon-to-be wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, but, but you have, you have very, you have niche interests. Like, you know what I mean? Don't you? Do you not agree with that? Um, I don't know. I don't look at it that way. Do you go to horror film festivals? No, but because I Because they don't to. exist. No, they anyway. do. Anyway. <laughs> <They do>. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I go to any, wrestling any, events because... Anything that can be monetized, uh, it's out there, right? Uh, no, sure. there, there's... Uh, Texas has one of the biggest... Uh, it's, it's one of the biggest horror film... Conventions in the Southwest, apparently, and I I haven't have been able to go. It's it's like the past ten to twelve years. Do you dress up? I I wouldn't. No, I, I take that back. Like if I shed some pounds. Oh, I just thought of a question. If I shed some pounds and went to, uh, I don't know, any sort of convention that. Uh, you know, would accept cosplay or whatever, which I guess is any of them. Yeah. There, there's a specific character that I would love to do. What is your I'm favorite? Too, I'm too what, overweight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's a glandular problem. Yeah. You, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> You're. You, you shouldn't be walking into any convention, uh, playing. Um, uh, what? Well, shoot! I can't. <laughs> I could. I could pull off Leatherface right now. <laughs> no, I was. I was gonna say Harley Quinn, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite horror film character? Uh, what are you wearing right now? It's it's the Texas Chainsaw. Oh, Massacre that's t- okay. Shirt, yeah. I can't tell. I just see 
Um, a woman and I, and I absolutely screaming. love this movie just because of, the, like, yeah, even just sort of the Texas connection, like it being made here by yeah. uh, a grad student at UT at the time. And, uh, but I wouldn't say he's like my favorite character. Sure. Uh, Freddy Krueger, without a doubt, is one of my favorite characters. Um, I don't know. That's it's just kind of the time I grew up in. What's I, I remember a, writing an, an English paper when I was a senior in high school about Freddy Krueger, and I got an A on it. What's a horror film that missed? You missed? No, that missed the mark. You're oh, like, that could have been really uh, good. It's a good question. There's so many of those. But, I, I mean, there's so many Do films. Do they all star all Scotty genres, Fultz? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just actually mention Scotty Fultz? Yeah, it's the um, second podcast in a row that I've mentioned Scotty really? Fultz. Yeah, we talked about him with Teresa. Oh, okay, um, I, I miss Scotty. Yeah, he's yeah. I haven't I haven't talked to him. I think I saw him at a, a one act competition a couple of years ago. Um, but he was in. Um, yeah, he was in something. He was in a couple I, of. I don't the, think I, I saw. I think they literally actually. call them D films, not not to sound insulting, but. Yeah, there like, there are probably movies that do well on uh, Cinemax. Honestly, yeah. um, I've seen a lot of movies that. Oh, I've seen a lot of movies on Cinemax too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I bet you have. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I have never seen Scotty in an actual movie. When when I was a prepubescent teenager, uh, I had a friend named Adam Rosen. He does not listen to this podcast. Young Jewish man? He's not a, he is Jewish. Yeah, yes, right. very Jewish. The last name. He had Cinemax. He had cable. He had Cinemax. He had HBO. He had all those things. Woo! What an introduction. I'll tell you what. <laughs> when, I was told, when I was told that it was called, you know, nicknamed Skinemax, I was like, man, this is uh, it's true. Anyway, um, did you ever hear that? Skinemax? Yeah, I have. It's good. It, it, I, that's a question that I have for you. It's like, when, when, when did you start watching that kind of stuff? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> so, uh, so here's the thing. So I, I grew up. I was born in '71. You're talking about the P word? No, no, no. Oh. Listen, I was, I was born in '71, and my dad had a tape drawer. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, continue. So the, like the end of the '70s. Uh, was when HBO started to like, you know, yeah. that's when we got in Galveston. But my, my dad was too cheap to buy it. He would never buy that. Yep, uh, it wasn't sure. until later that he actually did because my mom made him. Anyway, uh, but my aunt, his sister, uh, she lived around the corner with her two daughters, my cousins, and they had HBO. And I would go over there <laughs> unsupervised and all of these movies that I still love today, like uh, Phantom of the Paradise and Suspiria and whatever the case may be. I saw these as a kid at way too young of an age. Like I would never allow uh, my Youngest. now current nine-year-old yeah. to, to ever see. And I was much younger than him. Yeah. Um, That's hot. So I don't know. <laughs> okay. When, when did you... You know, is that is that something that was normal my parents, for you? Or? My parents didn't want me watching Golden Girls. <laughs> That's not a joke. Um, and if you know, if you watch Golden Girls, it's it's risque. Sure. Especially is. for the time yeah, period. It's a lot of but uh, but my parents didn't want want me watching Golden Girls. I think my first 
movie that they let me watch that they thought was probably a little mature for me. Again, it's going to sound like a joke, but it's true. But I was so into it, and so was every other kid. It was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the very first one. Okay. Because of all the violence. Uh, was, there was, the, was the movie actually that violent? Yeah, it's all fighting, and they're beating people up. And, it's like cartoon the, no, violence No, I know. Well, humor, but, it right? was, but it was live action. It was the, yeah. remember, it was, you know. Wow. So it's people. It's actual people doing this stuff. Yeah. And uh, I was, I don't know. When was that, 1990 maybe, I think, when yeah. it came out? So I was eight years old. What about like actual rated R movies? Like when did you? I don't remember the first. The first rated R movie I think I saw in the theaters uh, might have been Forrest Gump. Really? Yeah. Huh. So yeah. Uh, I didn't see Schindler's List in the theaters because that was the same year. I did. Um, but I'm I don't know if my family really wanted to see Schindler's List in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, imagine. I think it was a little too close to home. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I was protected from that stuff for a little bit. But but that's, but that's but as I got into uh, high school, because I was at a performing arts school, they, they had no yeah. control over that. Like, like now I was watching things in school for education. I was, we watched Pulp Fiction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so there was Wait, no you way. you watched that in high school? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because, like, in my theater media class, I would love to show that, but there's no way I could ever show it. No, that. no, now you can't. Yeah. No, there's no way, dude. Yeah. Um, uh, especially, yeah, no, there's no way. Um, well, what's, it, what's interesting to me. You can't even show Disney films anymore today. Some because, of them. Because, well, but Disney like, will come after you. I to show Fantasia, it, and it's like, well, even if it's you had Fantasia. the Fantasia. Right, okay. Um, so. It, it, what's interesting to me, and this may be going off into something completely different, but it, it's we we've lost everybody by now. So okay. it's fine. <laughs> All right, this is going to be your first three-hour episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what I, I think is interesting it has always been interesting to me is how in this country we don't want kids to see a bare breast. Yes. But we will allow them to see the most violent movies, whatever yes. you know, whatever they are. Like take the Matrix. Like how many kids saw that movie when it came out? But if there was a bare breast in it, no way. No. And and producers, trust me, they know this, and and so they will they will fight for an R rating uh, with a ton of violence and no, you know, boobs or whatever. It's just, it kind of, it, it, it seems like our so, priorities are kind of skewed sometimes. So you know, the, I think you know the story, but a couple years ago at my school, we did Romeo and Juliet. Might have heard of it. Yeah, I didn't see that production. No, 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 I know. Well, we got in big, big, big trouble for Romeo and Juliet because Romeo and Juliet actually loved each other. And they never did anything sexual. Right. Um, we did hint at a Romeo and Mercutio relationship, right? Okay. I, I remember so, you telling me but that. They, but everybody, uh, Romeo had his shirt off every once in a while. It wasn't that big of a deal, but, um, you know, you have to... He hint, had his shirt off? Shirt off, yeah. Were you trying to win UIL with <laughs> yeah, the show? Yeah, yeah. Not different year. Uh, won the I formula mean, that year. I didn't say that, yeah. actually. Uh, we didn't have a drum. That was our downfall. Um <laughs> But, uh, so we got in big trouble. That was the same year we were trying to do Heathers. Yeah. And so we got in trouble with our community. And I'll say it now, it was a Mormon community. It's mostly Mormon community. Huh. I quit, May 29th, countdown starts. Uh, but anyway, uh, and so they complained about Romeo and Juliet and then told us we couldn't do 
Heather's, right? So we ended up doing zombie prom. Well, I, the irony is that Heather's being about suicide uh, is uh, no different than zombie prom being about suicide, which is also no different than Romeo and Juliet being about, not, it's not about suicide, but they yeah. both commit suicide. Um, so it was, it, but zombie prom was welcomed with open arms, even though, because, because it's this goofy guy in a leather jacket with green paint on his face, right? Yeah. Fast forward to the next year, we do Sweeney Todd. Everybody's killing everybody. Yeah. Huge ovations. Yeah, it's one of the, the community loved shows it. you could actually put on. It's because, like you said, don't you dare show sex on stage. Yeah. You, but violence is fine. Yeah. The best part about Sweeney Todd is there's a rape. There's a whole song about what happened. Oh, he raped me. And we show that, but it's done with a silhouette. So you don't know who's doing it. You don't even, if you're not smart enough, you're not catching on to what's actually happening on stage. Right. Uh, Community loved it. Yeah. This year, Bonnie and Clyde, a couple of kiss scenes, nothing too big. Yeah. It's all violent. Community loved it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing what uh, that's your wife's. Oh, uh, I'll take it. Um, but uh, it's amazing what what a community or what a society accepts compared to what they poo-poo on. Yeah, know? and I'll be honest, it, it's I, I don't think I'm saying anything that most of us don't feel. Um, it it kind of pisses me off sometimes. You know, yeah. it, it, it's like that. So you're Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. You decided, arti- you made this artistic choice of sort of hinting at this relationship. Yeah. Um, and t- to to say that's not okay is like denying yeah. uh, to these kids, really. Great. It's, it's Thank denying you. that it even exists. Yeah. And, and when some of these kids are you know, may actually be gay. Yep. And and I I don't know. I to me that tends to do a, a disservice to those kids. Yep. And even like what's great, you know, it's and, and I don't want to speak too much of this because I I don't want to get in trouble about this, but we have at, at Dulles we have a large transgender population. And we even have transgender kids in the arts in our uh, yeah, yeah, me. Uh <laughs> I was born with a penis. It's just not huge, so it's mistaken sometimes. Um, that's, that, that's that old Buddy Hackett joke, right? Yes. You, you know what I'm talking don't, about? First of all, don't ever talk to a... Right after a penis joke, <laughs> don't say the word Hackett to a Jew. Well, that, that um, was his joke. He started, I know. Yeah, okay. Um, look it up on YouTube. Yeah. It's there. I know it's there. Uh, but the, the, the acceptance of having transgender kids be the stars of whatever it is, theater, uh, dance, whatever. Um, But then you can't have two actors hint that there's a homosexual relationship. It's just, it's, it blows my mind. And, and, and it's part of the reason I'll speak boldly, uh, kind of candidly. It's part of the reason why Melanie started deciding, well, I'm going to (laughs) go like, because it's like this hypocrisy of, what the community thinks. And no matter what Bernie Sanders says, this is a red state. Yeah. Uh, and so you do have to be careful with what you do. But the larger communities are not traditionally in Texas red. Austin's very blue. Dallas is very blue. 
Houston has pockets of very blue. So uh, understanding your community as a director, yeah. um, that goes back to what you were saying about Night of the Living Dead 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's that, it's that, is the community going to accept this? Yeah. And then when they don't accept a show like Romeo and Juliet, which is a classic, yeah, I don't, but they'll I don't accept Grease right. and the hand jive, uh-huh. it's bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, you know, what Greece has everything from like that to, you know, teenage pregnancy scares and all kinds of stuff. Crazy. It's yeah. crazy. And, and you mentioned But it's Austin. so fun. <laughs> it's, it's got it's a great so beat fun. and you it's can dance to it as Dick Clark. People are in the aisles just yeah. swinging. Hand jiving. Yeah, hand jiving. I, I think, you know. They're you not mean, in the aisles hand jiving. They're, they stay in their seats <laughs> to hand jive. <laughs> You, you mentioned Austin, and that what popped in my head is, uh, you know, because you've been to the International Thespian Festival, and you've seen some of the stuff that has been brought from yeah. other communities from other states, and I'm, I'm shocked. I'm not shocked because of what I see on stage. That they've done it back home. Yeah. Yeah. That the, I don't. I hate to even use this expression of they've quote gotten away with it yeah. because that seems like something is wrong with it but uh I, yeah i envy those directors that have been able to do shows like you you mentioned austin you know billy and annie did spring awakening and took it to itf yeah. years before that last production that was there from out of state yeah i, I remember where they were from i think Colorado it was wisconsin or, or wisconsin. I, I think yeah. it was wisconsin anyway uh, i could be wrong so yeah that's uh it's, but there's also, so something I've also learned is that you also have to train, and, and I know the whole training your audience, I know people know that, you train your audience, but you also have to train your audience to accept the content that you're doing. So, sure. like, I've, I've made shows look really good that were really bad shows. Yeah. But the, so the audience leaves. That's your job as a designer, right? As a lighting designer, although the Tommy Toon Awards thinks that that's a good set, but I digress. <laughs> um, yeah, last nah, year's you don't want to get me started. Last year's Sweeney Todd set design nomination was really because the lighting was good. The set was some platforming with two sets of stairs. It wasn't anything brilliant, yeah. but the lighting made it look stellar. Did you win? No, we didn't. Win. We're not going to win. We're oh, not okay. Stratford. All right. Uh, we're not Klein. Um, but anyway, probably not saying all, too much. Not all Klein Nominations win. aren't out. No, not yeah. all. No, yeah. you're right. Uh, yes, there are like three Klein schools that are like. I'm not. Yeah, we did. We do Tommy Tunes every year because why not? I mean, it's literally there's no loss. Um, you send your two kids or not. We didn't send them last year, and we still did Tommy Tunes, even though they tell you you're going to be. I, I, you know, I, I, we could get in onto this topic. I, I don't know if I really want to. Because you don't need to. You're staying in the business. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Keeping my mouth shut. But uh, anyway, uh, there, there are. I'll say this: there are redeeming qualities about the Tommy Tune Awards. I do love the fact that that you can that kids, if they want to, like this year, we're sending two kids that really want to perform yeah, on the stage. Yeah, we did that a couple of years ago. You know, and, and that's cool. That's very cool for them, and, and I understand that. the scholarship stuff. Yeah, great. and the scholarship stuff, too. But I, but I understand why it's, like, neat for them to perform on that stage because they've gone to see shows there yeah. that they adore. I totally understand that, and I think that's great. So we'll stop talking about Tommy Tune Awards. Okay. Um, 
I'm sure he's a very nice man. <laughs> uh, also, went I to UT Austin. Did he really? Yeah. They're in the Windship Building, which is the theater building. What did you a just say? Windship. So oh, got it. Thank you. There's a, uh, I remember there's a stairway. I don't know if it's like this anymore, but they had. Uh, ADA they makes had turned picture. it into a ramp. <laughs> they had his picture up there. Interesting. Uh, I did not know. Yeah, he went remember. to UT for his undergrad? I think so. Huh. Don't, I'm not like. Is that the, why you're such a good tap dancer? I'm not. <laughs> that's why I'm so tall. That's why you're so tall. You're all leg. Yeah. Yes, just like Tommy exactly. Toon. Minor.